the simplest commercial baking resource. Brought to you by Bakerpedia and hosted by Mark Florka. With 45 years of industry experience, Mark knows the ins and outs of baking. He is Bakerpedia's community forum manager and baking instructor. He's here to share knowledge and help you grow connections. You're listening to the Baked In Science Podcast. Well, it's time to get baked in science again. I'm your host, Mark Florka, and in this episode, we hope it will stick with you, but we don't want you to be dealing with any sticky business. It's all about the release. From the pan, that is. Join us as Adam Oberhoy and I discuss the ins and outs of release agents and application. Hey everyone, welcome to another Baked in Science podcast. And I have a really interesting subject today that I think is often really overlooked by many bakers. With us today is Adam. Oberhoy of Vantage Foods. Welcome, Adam. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, our pleasure.、Uh, you guys have been a great supporter of Bakerpedia. Tell us a little bit about what you do for Vantage and who they are. Yeah, absolutely. So, my role with Vantage, I, I work in the food business unit, and my、mm -hmm. role is engineering and equipment manager. And I'm also leading innovation projects, which is exciting. Get to work with customers on innovation development. Vantage as a whole, we have four business units, big into natural chemistry. And、mm -hmm. so we, we are heavy in personal care with natural oils for lotions, soaps, face creams, et cetera. We also have a prominent space in surface treatment, cleaning.、Um, airlines is a big focus of ours, as well as other things. And then what we call oleochemicals, which is more your industrial side. And then, of course, like I said earlier, I'm in the food division. And、mm -hmm. within, the, within the food division, We are primarily known for release agents, which can include oil based release agents, greases, water based. We have equipment manufacturing, but then we also do icing stabilizers, very big in emulsifiers. Oh, wow.、Uh, other functional ingredients that we can team up with, with customer partners on. So, not just release agents and equipment, we've got a broad portfolio that we can offer customers. Really interesting. So, as an engineer, you've now had to. Understand a little bit. I don't want to say learn because you're, you're the, we're not going to turn you into a baker, right? I mean, but you've had to understand <laughs>、right. a little bit about what's involved in the baking process beyond simply, you know, spray some stuff on the equipment kind of thing. And so that must have been really interesting and challenging for you at the same time because engineering tends to be very fixed and structured from my perspective. Whereas、right. Baking is there's a lot of fluidity to it.、Um, there's a there's a lot of move and artisanal sort of things. How was that for you? That that experience of kind of becoming part of the baking world and the food world, I guess, as a whole. No, those are great points. Great points, and you're very right. So my background is actually petroleum engineering. I was a petroleum、oh. engineer overseeing drilling operations in the U.S. for ten years, and then I, I made a career move into food. You're absolutely right. I had to immerse myself into the industry. So certain similarities and fluid flow between my previous career and pumping, distributing, spraying into our systems. 
And you're right, that's very fixed. Mm-hmm. But there are so many variables at the baking level that affect the outcome of the product they're doing. Mm-hmm. Something as simple as yep. even humidity and the time of year and then how yep. that how that adjusts their process. So you're absolutely right. And so as a commercial team with Vantage, we rely on the expertise of individuals like myself. And then we have people who have been with us for over 40 years who can bring those stories wow. in and then educate us on, oh, you got to remember this and you have to consider this as we're developing yeah. this. Because again, a spray system in itself uh, is fixed and it, it, it's fairly simple, right? I'm not going to say it's overcomplicated to mm-hmm. spray and apply something. We'll talk about that a little bit more later and some of the mm-hmm. considerations that do make it more complex. But you're right. We really have to understand what our customers are striving to get and then what variables affect them that are outside of our spray system or our release agent additives processing aids that we're using absolutely that is so cool because i mean it makes me think of two things one is first of all when i hear you know people with 40 years of experience myself being in the baking industry you know 47 years almost is that it's harder to find that more in companies these days and that goes a long way to supporting the customers and giving them confidence that they're not dealing with somebody who's trying to figure it out on my problem, so to speak. You guys bring such a wealth of experience that way to the table immediately for the conversation. And, you know, the other thing I think about is that must make your job and for everyone that you guys work with in your facilities and things really fun, engaging, and interesting because I guess from for me, I, I find it so because I remember when I worked at ADM Research in the U.S. and as a large research facility with like over 200 people who are researchers. And while ADM is big in soy and corn, a lot of it is oil-related or syrups related like sugars and dextroses and things like that. And then, then there's everything else in between. And to be able to walk around through the facility and talk with these people who are trying to make plastic bags out of corn, you know, and then how does that touch my world in ter- as far as baking and then stuff? And and I did get to work on some projects with some of the people who worked in the things like with lecithins and things like that. And it's really insightful and it makes it so much more interesting because you have to stretch your mind beyond your world of baking and they're stretching their mind beyond the world of hydrocolloids or or release agents or things. So it's really, it's really, really makes it engaging and fun, I guess, I think that way, because it's not the same old slot, uh, you know, slot uh, screw B and slot A and so on, things sort of thing, right? Yeah. So Tell me, what are some of the common issues that you see bakers running into with their bread pan oilers and, and things like release agents? Yeah, yeah, great question, right? Really, it starts from the beginning. We see a lot of issues that arise mm-hmm. from incompatibilities at the beginning, meaning at the development of a new line or modifications made over time. You know, as with any topic, like you said, within the baking space, it's incredibly technical, and that includes release agents. Um mm-hmm. They are formulated to perform in a specific manner, often for customized for that customer's application. You know, for our equipment, we know you can't just run any release agent in our equipment or nozzle and then make modifications to the line without making significant adjustments along the way. If you don't, you should expect to experience pretty severe adverse effects, typically on product loss, sticking, etc. For example, even as something as, as simple as conveyor speeds and pan flow, 
Oh, that's okay. a prevalent issue. Conveyor speeds, they have to match the speed of the pan oiler because mm-hmm. it has its own conveyor and the speed of the sensor, the settings that you're going to spray. If you don't do that, you're going to get pans backing up. You're going to get pushing against each other. You're going to get gaps. You're going to miss shots. You're going to overspray, which leads to deep panning issues. Um, <laughs> it can also lead to oil build lines. Yeah. Like it just starts to compound. It's such mm-hmm. a small thing called pan yep. speed. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, you're getting polymerization, oil tracking on your conveyors. You have belt slipping. You're losing potentially hundreds or thousands of loaves that's, down the line. That's great examples. I mean, yeah, from, from a little thing such as just spraying on the release agent, there are so many factors that have to be considered. This podcast episode is brought to you by Vantage Food. Your ultimate baking partner from release agents to specialty ingredients, they cater to your every baking need. Enjoy cleaner label solutions like allergen-free, non-GMO, organic, as well as kosher and halal options. Discover more at info.foodadvantagegrp.com or visit www.vantagegrp.com. Elevate your baking experience with Vantage Food today. And that then translates back to also in terms of the dough timing, in terms of how long things have to rest and the molding and panning and so on. It all connects together, right? It's like a domino effect all the way through. Often what we go in when when a customer has a problem and we go in and support them, we find problems that are big, right? Again, mm-hmm. we're talking about product loss efficiency, but the solutions are simple. Another common one we see is a lot of our customers pump out of a drum to put into our reservoir of our machine and then to dispense the release agent. Mm-hmm. Often mm-hmm. the lid is pulled off the drum and it's exposed to the environment. And even in the cleanest bakery, you still have particulate in the air or you have your sanitation crew coming in and washing things down and you're getting water or chemicals into the release agent. Yep. You're leading mm-hmm. to oxidation, rancidation, separation. Well, there goes your investment out the window. So again, yep. simple things that you think Okay, my my system's in, plug and play. I'm never going to have to think about it again. We try to make it as easy as possible, but there are small things that need to be considered at the baking floor level that can lead again to big implications. Do all these things to be efficient and, you know, manage costs and, you know, get good shelf life and things like that. And and then it's like, oh, what's the matter with my shelf life? Having said this, then what are some of the key considerations a baker should take in selecting the equipment so like selecting their release agent and and the right. equipment. yeah so this is one where partnerships really matter and this is something we strive mm-hmm. to do at vantage food we really try to encourage the conversation between technical experts and the baking staff and i'm not saying they aren't technical experts they have their expertise Yep. But they have so much to consider on their product side and their, you know, their process side. We are the experts on release agents. Like I said, we've got engineers. I've got two on my staff with over 40 years just on the equipment side. We've got the same on the R&D side as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 30 plus years. Bring us into those conversations early. You know, a face value, a spray system is it's pretty simple, but there's a lot of considerations to think about. We're talking about nozzle t- styles, tip sizing, patterns, speeds. The rebuilds that you have to do further down the line and that investment, the ability to pull that line off and do a complete actual rebuild that's going to be functional as opposed to just patching it as you go. And then you talk about the release agents. Are they suited to go through those pumps? Are they suited to spray through those nozzles? Do they have Mm -hmm. solids? 
Yep. I mean, again, that's a lot for an individual to take on at the baking level in addition to their list of everything else they have to do and they're working on. So rely <laughs> yep. on us. That's where we really, really want to get that conversation going. We love to come in house and work with you and talk concepts and development and trials. Trials are a fantastic way. Bakers sometimes are a little bit like the, the guys on the line might be a little resistant to trials sometimes. But the thing is, sure. as much as it interrupts some of the production process, it is extremely helpful down the line. One of my fellow big influencers with Bakerpedia, Gideon, he works for Lasaf now and he worked in a, in a hamburger bun plant, right? And it's like he would so often say, these things, you know, we could eliminate so many of these problems in downtown and stuff if we would just talk with our suppliers or supporters and stuff like that. And, you know, and then instead they're trying to play catch up, right? So it's, it's worth having a short, period of downtime to run a trial, make sure you work all the kinks out. It's like a beta release and software sort of, right? You know, get everything sort of working smoothly that way. So that way the investment is really nil for the baker. It's it's a little bit of downtime. That's it. It's because this cost of your support and knowledge and everything is not something they can just Google and buy. Right. right. Yeah. Amazon doesn't have it for sale. Right. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> and how can bakers maximize the labor savings and efficiency with this bread panning oiling technology? As we all know, and the listeners know, I mean, product demand from these bakeries, that's, a, that's at an all time high. And the challenges surrounding staffing and, and talent retention are also at an all time high, even though the baking equipment and the, and the technology solutions can help overcome these. They do come with an expensive price tag. Again, they do help overcome these constraints surrounding revolving staff. One really neat feature that we rolled out last year in our bread pan oilers, our 3001 bread pan oiler, it's our flagship model. We can signal things as simple as, hey, your reservoir is getting low. Remind your people there's a flashing light. Remind them to fill it. We have autofill. The drum needs changed out. Our coolest feature right now is when the nozzle doesn't spray for various reasons. Your reservoir runs low. There's a plug. Somebody at the next ship came over. They thought they knew how to adjust it better. They shut a valve. We count sequences. We build it into the code where if a certain number of pans are not oiled, we alarm the bakery via sensors, lights, but also emails to their phone and their email saying, check your oiler, check your oiler. So they're getting the problem solved now not hours down the line, again, losing thousands of dollars of, of product, right? So it goes back to what we were just saying about downtime yeah. and things backing up. I mean, I remember yeah. talking with a colleague of yours a while back in the technology with the sensors that you have that can notify you for all kinds of maintenance things as well, mm -hmm. so that everything can be managed and kept running and maintained before it breaks before it clogs. Like you mentioned the spray nozzle, it's going to tell you it's not spraying correctly. Now, it doesn't mean that all of that bread is necessarily going to go to waste right away. If you respond to that message and ensure that exactly. the nozzle is cleaned and sprays correctly before right. it gets completely clogged, right? And yep. that, because when it's completely clogged, that's when you're up the creek without a paddle full of bread stuck in pans and hours and hours of cleaning and waste. And it's like, oh, been there, done that. No, that exactly. Sense. You're exactly right. 
This episode is brought to you by Brabender. Since 1923, Brabender has been a leading manufacturer of instruments for testing material, quality, and physical characteristics in all fields of research and development and production in the baking industry worldwide. To learn more, visit www.brabender.com. We try to make them as automated as possible. You know, automatic pan adjustments, simple touchscreen adjustments. We're currently integrating training videos into the HMIs mm-hmm. just for not that they can hear on the floor and learn, but they can see an example of case in point. If my nozzle's clogged, I can click on this button on my machine. I can watch a 30 second video that shows me how to clog it right there. Mm-hmm. So then I'm, again, I'm not waiting on a phone call for somebody to get back to me, walk it through it. Again, the technology to assist the bakers, it's it's unbelievable. And Vantage is striving to continually be at the cutting edge of this to assist our bakers. It doesn't mean that we don't want to be present and come in and train your staff, educate your staff and optimize your equipment. We absolutely want to do that. But we also want to make it you know, easiest as possible for our customers to make those decisions as they're happening, make those adjustments and get back online and running smoothly. Sounds to me like you're doing things that will give the bakers more time to be baking rather than repairing things and chasing down wild goose chases or whatever on on chasing problems and forest fires and, and stuff like that. I just, yeah, just to reiterate that point, like, Think of the value if somebody's not standing there watching the level on the release agent or ensuring that the nozzle sprays or having to make the manual pan adjustments themselves or feed pans. If that's all ticking smoothly and automated, mm-hmm. what else can that body do across the bakery? Exactly. The impact is huge, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. There's there's much more useful things that, that we can do and, and utilize their time and their skills as well and things like that, right? Speaking of technology, how does this technology also tie in for sustainability for bakers? Yeah, sustainability. I mean, it, it's a valuable word for a reason, right? It matters to the consumers, the bakers, and it matters to Vantage Food. Sustainability at the bakery plant level can easily be associated with the removal reduction of, of waste. That's where the release agents really come into play. Mm-hmm. That can be the waste, the final product, ingredients, like we talked about, resources, labor. Sustainability is something, again, that Vantage takes seriously. And we really try to partner with our customers on that. So when our new technology is used in the bread pan oilers, cake pan greasers, like we're talking about in these cases, we really can see a big impact going back to some of the trials. We can prove this very quickly to the bakers in the reduction of waste in those categories. Like I said, our 3001 bread pan oiler with the posi spray, it signals if it's not spraying, they can solve it now instead of down the line when they're trying to depan. That solves an incredible amount of product waste. And then like you pointed out earlier, then you have downtime for your line trying to fix it. Numerous individuals working on that. Again, that's just a great example where we can help the companies be more sustainable so that their investments, which we know like these are significant, Mm -hmm. um, they don't go to waste. That's our entire intent is so we really want your business and we love your investment and your business with us. But we are invested in that company equally as well to ensure that they're not overpaying, they're getting maximum return on investment for the release agent, for the equipment, et cetera. It's something that's very important advantage. Don't mean to throw you a curveball here, but do you come across any particular requests within the release agent in terms of 
utilizing certain oils or uh, refraining from certain oils, you know, relative to some of the sustainability projects and stuff. Of course, we always hear about concerns with palm and deforestation and things like that. Does that come up for you at all at, at times? Absolutely, especially as you go into different geographic regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, palm, great example. You know, they want they want correctly sourced palm. There's certain channels, and we have all the certifications. We're very transparent. We prove that. Had some where customers have used a certain grade of palm in the past, and now they say, okay, due to the labor concerns around palm and the sourcing, we want to switch. But that's an active conversation with the customers. Mm-hmm. Another one that comes up is mineral oil, right? We've oh, got yeah, yeah. With mineral oil, especially as you're looking into the EMEA region, you're not going to see mineral oil. So it's like, okay, not only how do we reformulate our solutions to go into those markets if it's new for us, but how do we reformulate with existing customers as partnerships? Another good example, that a consideration I think that impacted all the bakeries the last couple of years is the sourcing of sunflower products from the Ukraine and Russia region. Yep. Absolutely had a huge ripple effect across the baking side. And so that was something that wasn't necessarily driven by the product. It was just availability. And so, yep. again, the numerous circumstances and cases where we try our hardest and we did really good forecasting that and then engaging those customers before it became very critical and we were running out of supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember sitting in on numerous of those conversations and customers saying, we really appreciate this. Like you giving us a six month window, even if we were overestimating the impact and it wasn't as bad, it's still very appreciated because mm-hmm. that helps them in their operations and avoid. The sunflower yeah. is not a Ukrainian yeah. symbol for fun, right? I mean, they are the breadbasket yeah. of uh, Eastern Europe. And so we hear all about the grain, the, the, the wheat, yeah. of course. And of course, the Canadian wheat prairies, the Canadian wheat farmers, most originate from Ukrainian heritage, from families yeah. Out, yeah. out west. So most, a lot of people in Manitoba, Saskatchewan, and parts of Alberta are of Ukrainian descent, you know, so they're, they're like natural born wheat farmers, I guess you could say. But on the yeah. sunflower, to the average consumer, they think of seeds, but it's really, it's the oil. And then yep. the other products, the lecithin is very, very desired, right? Because it's such a cleaner tasting lecithin. It has a little better fluidity than than soy and canola as well. Canola is the funny one. I remember from my working with ADM, canola is actually genetically modified. That's why it's called Canoda, it's a Canadian oil seed, right? The non-modified version of canola is called rapeseed. And while it is perfectly fine to refer to rapeseed in Europe, Americans have a resistance to using that word in food. Right. <laughs> so, right. Um, so it's become a bit of a conundrum when they've come up with rapeseed lecithin to market that. They've sort of tried to market it as uh, like non-GMO canola, which confuses them. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Speaking of that, it it just reminds me, do you see much of an incidence or concern with flavor in terms of the release agent? So if the release agent has some type of a lecithin component, which not all of them do, but many do, you know, I I mentioned how sunflower tends to taste very clean. Is that also for a flavor preference at times? Or are there also any functionalities that you guys have seen as release agents between the lecithins? Yeah, mostly functionality. So with our ingredients that go into our release agents, you know, we're being used as a processing aid. Mm -hmm. So what is retained and absorbed into the products is minimal, if if not nil, and process. 
So it's not going to be a flavor component. Now, granted, we do have some special circumstances where we've worked with customers and we develop a topical flavors. I mean, that's actually an innovation project I'm working on now. Oh, wow. We're, Interesting. We're doing that. We're integrating some of these, you know, shelf life extenders, mold uh-huh. colors, et cetera, into our oils. We can do a two-part oil release on the bottom, on the top for flavors. But mostly we're seeing functionality is a lot of it, of course, is predicated on their process, the product type, the temperature. You know, whether we're seeing like a conduction oven, convection oven, mm-hmm. you know, air and things like that. So a wide variance. We are a global company. We've got customers all across the world. And it's interesting when you see processes here in the U.S. and their operations might be very similar, mm-hmm. but their practices and preferences might be quite different down in, in South America, for example. This podcast is made possible by Malt Products, a family business that manufactures and distributes a full line of natural, nutritious grain extracts and sweeteners. They source their extracts from whole grains and offer a full range of other sweeteners, available with non-GMO and organic certification. Learn more at maltproducts.com. Some of it's driven by certainly by regulations. Of course, we know Brazil is a strict one that we see, uh, like I already touched on EMEA. Strict, mm-hmm. not meaning in a bad, they just have different rigid standards that yep. we, we have to understand and know. And again, being a global company, we've got manufacturing and R&D locations in, in Spain and Germany. We've got a large presence in South America. I mean, we've got a team standing by globally to help customers with these conversations. It's not like we're just one little location in the U.S. and we can't be there to assist customers. I've often said, even when it comes to some of the retail interactions that we as consumers experience, the opportunities are primarily one on service, not on price alone. There are certain values associated with things. So sometimes, you know, that's why if a Mercedes-Benz did not have value in the quality of the build or a Lexus or things like that, people wouldn't buy them anymore, right? I mean, we'd all be driving Fiat, so I have a Fiat, right? You can say that. I have a Spider, so I have a fun Fiat. That's a great thing about working with a company like yours in that if I expand my business into, you know, I imagine like working with somebody like a Bimbo Bakeries, who is like now the world's largest baker. I mean, you know, it's not just one person deals with bimbo and that's it. No, you have to be able to be understand the regulations and opportunities and flexibilities in Brazil and, and you know, Central America, U.S., Mexico, exactly. wherever, right? It's all going to be different. That is really good. I mean, you know, and having said that, like, you know, bakery operations are very complex and fast-paced operations. We talked about how in the beginning, uh, there was a big understanding process you guys have gone through and as an engineer coming into the food world, right? And so how beyond just having all of these locations, what else do you do to support your customers and that everything runs smoothly, right? You, yeah. you mentioned some of the things on an iPhone or... I was hoping we were going down this road because you were touching on yeah. These points earlier of expanded service and, and the full support and advantage food, we approach the customers with a triangle approach. So oh. we certainly have very good formulated solutions on release agents and other functional ingredients. We've got really good equipment that lasts decades. Honestly, it's it's unbelievable how long some of those last. 
But then the key to that, to keeping those customers running, like we talked about earlier with the challenges, the field service that comes in two forms for us. It's we have a, a service arm of our R&D group that's always on customer facilities, working with them, watching their testing, engaging in testing, rolling out new product testing. But we also have a really extensive arm globally, again, of field engineers. And these individuals are in the bakeries more than anybody else. It's funny. They're welcomed in all the time because they're like, yes, please keep my equipment running, educate my new staff, train my staff, yep. check my PM so my preventive maintenance is on task so we avoid those issues. And so that's that triangle approach. Yeah, we can sell you release agents. There's competition for us there. We can sell equipment. There's competition there. But really sets us apart is being active in the field and doing all three of those. And yeah. that's a big approach for Vantage Food, like I said. I really like the triangle image. That is really key to me. We can talk about it being in a circle, but when, when it's in a circle, I find sometimes you don't know where the tail and the head is and sort of right. thing, right? You know, it's, you're just chasing yourself around. But with the triangle approach, it really gives you an understanding of a supported, connected network within your support and not just simply pillars that are maybe try to hold something up and that if one pillar gets you know could potentially get knocked out but this right. way by the being having a triangle nothing can do get knocked out it's always going to be connected and supported to each other and that i think is really tremendous and i can relate to what you're saying about being welcomed in and i i so often say to my colleagues and things like that is we need to engage the customers and you know, if it's if it's a trouble, they're having solve their issue first and sell them something later, so to speak, right? Yeah, and it's, and then the sense of that you, you mentioned your equipment last decades. Well, that doesn't mean you've sold a piece of equipment and now you don't pay attention to them for twenty five years, right? That's the important thing is because you maintain that relationship. That is what they're buying is they're buying that relationship and that support and a piece of hardware anybody can get, you know, just about anywhere. So as that is maintained and support, it gives you also that continuity as a baker and always having that support and knowing that when this is had its day, I know where I'm going to get my next piece of equipment because I don't even have to think about it because I know the reliability and the support and everything that I'm getting from Vantage Foods. That is right. incredible to be able to say. That is really, really cool. When I was doing technical support and baking for ADM, some of what I did was uh, like grocery store openings. They were opening a new grocery store. So I was there. We we supplied the flour and the mixes for the breads and cookies and all these kinds of things. So it was considered technical support. We all knew, including the bakery manager, it was free labor. Right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what you did. You went and you supported your product. You built a relationship with them. And that way, when they had a problem, they weren't, you know, jumping on, I'm going to sue you. They pick up the phone and they exactly. call you. It's like, hey, this is not working. Can you come in and have a look and see what we're doing wrong or what's missing? Or can you get a sample or what, stuff like that? And, you know, I'm still friends with many of these bakers today that I supported. You know, actually, funny thing is about three years after I moved to the U.S. from Canada, I still had the same email address with ADM and a customer I supported, a distributor who supplied a, a big chain of donuts in Canada. They had a complaint from a franchisee that they needed an investigation to look at. And still three years later, he sent me an email automatically because he's <laughs> like, oh, well, I just yep. automatically write you because I know you always take care of me. And that's what you guys get to experience. It's always a great feeling too to know that yep. people really appreciate what you do. 
This podcast is brought to you by Vantage Food, a leading provider of release agents and spray equipment. With a strong commitment to sustainability and operational efficiency, Vantage Food strives to help you minimize waste and improve manufacturing processes. Learn more about Vantage Food's innovative products and solutions by visiting their website at www.vantagegrp.com or reaching out to them at info.food at vantagegrp.com. Elevate your baking experience today. It is the value of relationships, and we are striving to develop those and, and be there for them. I would encourage any of the listeners, if you're making these investments in equipment and, and release agents, in our case, right, or yeah. other functional products, just make sure that that partner, that that is a partnership. It's not just purely transactional, and they're not just getting the love up front during the sale. And then once the sale's done and the check is cashed, you never see from them or hear from them. Mm-hmm. They need to. They need to make sure that they have a partner. Again, to your point, yeah. somebody who comes in, whether it's on a routine basis, we schedule year out to hit all of our bakeries. We're always there if somebody calls and says, "I need something." We have certain members of the team that are more poised for emergency visits, shorter response times, things like that. Mm-hmm. But again, that's that value of, yeah, maybe we sold you this equipment, and uh, structurally, it's going to last. You know, yep. hopefully decades, but we're still there to support you and we're invested because that's the longevity of a partnership. And it's better for both parties for business. Yeah, that's something that's so foundational in how Vantage Food operates and and how we seek to interact with our customers. Oh, this has been really interesting and, and a fun conversation with you, Adam. And are you exhibiting at EBA in Germany as well? That one, I'm not exhibiting. We're going to have a presence. We okay. certainly try to hit a lot of the trade shows, of course, we just finished up with the FIPAN show in Brazil, which was a major one down there, you know, wrapped up with IFT here, Supply Side West coming up, many, right? We're always trying to be there. There's a little to... one that's really fun in Puerto Rico that I've been to. Uh, it's usually the end of August, something like that. They get both a real mix of retail and, and production bakers and, and stuff like that there. We do but... business down there in the islands, though. We have bakeries that we work with down there. So, oh, yeah. Um, it's an interesting market. It's it's one that yeah we're we're present there and with our customers. It's it's one of the most modern flour mills in in the world. It's, yeah, it's incredible. Uh, the loadout is everything on barcodes and stuff like that. Truck pulls up, shows the barcode. It knows which bin to select from. Loads the truck and he's he's gone. Right. It's so highly automated. It's incredible. Mark, I tell that to my family. Right. Like yeah. I share what I can and tales from customer facilities and. It's just astounding to see the level of automation and complexity and, and what what goes into making food that just is grabbed off the shelf and put into the grocery cart. It's fascinating. Yeah. How is AI, artificial intelligence, we were talking a little bit about the, the software that you have available that monitors maintenance and issues mm-hmm. and other things like that. And does artificial intelligence play into this somewhat as well? I'll go so far as to say I've seen videos of a personless pizzeria, for example. Everything is done through, quote unquote, uh, you know, artificial intelligence in that, 
you know, it it measures out the flour, adds the water, the yeast, the salt, mixes the dough and so on, and has this dough on hand and then produces this pizza to order as, as a customer selects a pizza and things. And there is no one there. There's no right. human being there other than somebody that has to go in to load up the ingredients, I guess, once a yeah. week or something. Is that something you guys, like you talked about, you're involved with innovation as well. Is Does that affect you too? Yeah, that's a, actually a really funny example because a couple of years ago, we were engaged with an entity working on personless pizza manufacturing locations. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's super interesting. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah, you would need release agents too, yeah. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, absolutely it does. The extent of, of which is based on customer conversations. I can mm -hmm. say globally we're talking with customers about how to adapt AI and advanced automation capabilities into new plants they're building, um, you know, even to the point where some of the stuff is a lot of it is just, okay, how can you help me automate mm -hmm. my maintenance? Yep. And we, we're working right now about, okay, I would really love to be able to hit this machine, you know, this sequence of events happens, and then we it'll auto-flush itself. So I don't have to roll over a drum of mineral oil to auto-flush it and capture it. Like, how do we integrate that? And then integrating that into their master control setup, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. again, it's not somebody down there, but they can control that and they can monitor that input coming in from an observation deck, if you will, or something, mm -hmm, or the mm -hmm. engineering room. It's very prevalent. Again, a lot of it is driven by the customer, but I want to say more driven with the customer because that's something we've been making great strides in and meeting at these different levels, moving from the bakery level up into the corporate level. So we're able to get in on those early stages of development with them and again, help them solve some of those issues and accommodate some of those requests before they're, we're trying to retrofit into their existing lines, which is always harder. And it's fascinating. I mean, you know, I, I imagine for you as an engineer, I mean, I, I find it really super interesting, a lot of these things. And being a little bit of a computer geek, I see AI as mostly a extreme rapid decision-making tree. Um, and so right. in terms of it's basically, it's data in and then give me more data, give me more data and yeah. solutions from each piece of data. And so from an engineering aspect and working with artisans like a flour miller or a baker or things like that, mm -hmm. there's so much data or information that comes from this artisanal interaction, whether it's be tactile or whatever and stuff like that, and then translating that into AI, artificial intelligence, decision-making or engineering steps is stuff. It's like AI must be like, Oh, finally, something that can keep up with what we want to decide how to do. Right. right. Like what for musicians auto-tune was. Right? So. Yeah, exactly. No, you, you said it so well, though. It's one thing is generating the data and capturing it, but using it effectively. Yeah. That's a whole different step, right? And that's, mm -hmm. that's something that needs to be thought out. And again, that's where AI comes into play of how to use it effectively for us and for the customer as well. Fantastic. Well, this has been fascinating, Adam. It was really great chatting with you. Looking forward to future conversations as you have more innovation to share with us and stuff too. So I really yeah. appreciate the time. The Vantage Food website. Our, our, our home website is vantagegrp.com. You can just type in Vantage Specialty on the Bakerpedia sites. We'll okay, perfect. Yep. Yep. You can do Vantage Food on LinkedIn. We're very active on LinkedIn. We have a wonderful marketing department that puts out a lot of fun content. We've got YouTube channels that we can share. So again, Vantage Specialty, you can look it up. Highly encourage anybody who wants a quick conversation and follow up and to see some stuff immediately. 
Go to Excellent. our LinkedIn. We've got a wonderful presence there. Got a great Again, lots of places to stay connected and, and get yeah, support. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah, wonderful. Right, absolutely. Yeah. Excellent. Well, have yourself a wonderful day, Adam. This has been really cool. Now we have all gained great insight to getting things out of the pans. It's all baked in now, right? Join us on Facebook or LinkedIn in our Baking Industry Professionals group and leave us a comment, high five, or constructive criticisms. Many thanks to Adam Orbohoy of Vantage Foods and to Vantage Foods as a whole for being a wonderful supporting partner of Bakerpedia, making it possible for you to enjoy these insights for free. I'm your host, Mark Florka. Until next time, happy baking.